Amen. Hey, well, thank you, Pastor Paul and the team. And I uh, just had an absolute blast being with your first service at 830. And if I can just start off this way by just saying thank you to the Highland staff. I got a chance to meet them on Friday, and it's a joy. I think you guys have an incredible team. And uh, to meet Amy and Brody and Brian today and Joy, and the list goes on. You got a big team. I just, it's, it's awesome. And so we're learning from you and we're grateful for you. But I really want to honor you, Pastor Paul, in front of uh, your church. What, what Pastor Paul has done for Carrie and I and our church, we're, we have an eight-year-old church in Washington, Iowa, uh, has really raised the spiritual temperature of our church. And uh, he's been a pastor to me now for the last few years. And I'm, I'm grateful for you. I think you are... Uh, I think you are one of the greatest spiritual leaders that we could all ask for. And so it's just a, it is a privilege to be here. I actually am like humbled to be on the same platform that he just stood on. And so that's how much I think of him. And so I, I mean that. Um, I, uh, I, you got to meet Carrie. Yeah, you got to meet her. And uh, we've been married for 16 years and we got four beautiful girls. And it's just a highlight of my life. Um, today, what I want to do is I want to kind of give you an inside peek into our church. Eight years ago when we started City Point, man, we were working real hard. We just worked. I mean, anybody who starts a church, it's like anything you can do to get it up and going. And, and we did. And we, we just we worked hard and we prayed hard. And, and we step into 2022 and we're finishing the year. And I'm starting to pray and trying to discern, God, what are you doing in the next year of our church? And it became very clear. I think it was really inspired from Pastor Paul as well, speaking into my life. And this began to be our rally cry, you know, for our church. And here was the rally cry, that it'll be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. And that was the message that we started to share to our church, City Point Church in Iowa, that I think it's time for this. Like, it's time for all of us to go, let's raise the spiritual temperature of our lives. Best year of our life will happen if it's the best spiritual life, best year of our life spiritually. And so this last week, Carrie, uh, I don't know how she figured this out, but you step into the fall and you're racing through the fall. And she goes, do you know this, that we just learned there's 90 days left in the year. And actually, when we drove up from Iowa to Minnesota, I was like, it's cold up here. It's a lot colder up here. I can tell it's a different time of year up here. And the fall is upon us. Actually, just a few days ago, it was 90 days left. And so as I was getting ready to write this message, you know, a couple weeks ago, the notes have completely changed because I was just, I felt inspired to go, I think I want to hang on this phrase for, for you, just like we've done at our church. And so I penned it this way for today, that it could be the best fall of our lives if it's the best fall of our lives spiritually. And it feels like it. Like it, 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 it feels like falls here. The trees are already changing. And I know the greatest gift for each and every one of us would it be to have our hearts connected more with Jesus this fall, for our lives to be more in line with who he is. It'd be the greatest thing. Uh, a couple years ago, I got a ridiculous gift given to me. And, uh, and I love gifts, but this one was really kind of funny. It was a 50cc moped. And uh, so I am six foot three. I'm maybe a little bit over 200. Pure muscle, like unbelievable. No, I just kidding. Like, you know, so I just kind of look a little goofy on a little 50cc. Actually, somebody was saying, like, do you wear a helmet? I was like, no, the thing goes like 15 max throttle. You know, it's like, I don't know. Like, I can like, you know, it's like gets me going. And so I'll buzz around our town. And it's a small town. We have 7,000 people in our, in our city. 
And everybody in town drives big trucks, like 250s, 2500s, so I don't earn any street cred. Like, nobody sees me driving by is like, look at the digs PT's in. It's like, nobody's saying that. Actually, if I see a motorcycle, you know, you know I always think they're tough guys. If I see a tough guy drive up, I kind of do this on purpose now, where I'll drive up, and it's got a little horn. It's like, beep, beep, you know? And so I'll beep, beep people, and then wave obnoxiously, like, to, like, tough guys that are like, how's it going? You know, it's like, and I'll be like, you know, actually, I think I saw somebody vomit in their mouth and then swallow back down. They're like, that's just gross to see a guy like that. So anyways, so I've just, I've just enjoyed it so much. Buzzing around town. You would too if you had a little 50cc moped. Uh, except so I learned this, that I can make people's days. Like I'll go through and I'll just be waving at people and beeping them and, and, uh, and they just have the time of their lives. And so it's really a great way for me to just like brighten up somebody's day. But I've also learned this in our small town. And I'm not sure if this is true of Delano as well. But you don't want to honk at people. Like, we all know each other. Like, we're all going to the same elementary school. We're all at the same schools. So if you ever have to gum up on somebody, it's like, they got to go. They're not moving. Like, you're like, do I honk? Do I not honk? Then you add the whole pastor thing to it. You're like, Carrie, should I honk? She's like, do not honk. Do not honk. But in the moped, you have permission to honk. Because it's like, everybody loves the sound of it. It's like, oh, it's, you know, PT on this moped. It's like, so I'll be driving, and if somebody is like looking down at their phone, which they shouldn't do, at like a stoplight, which we have two of, you know, mostly stop signs. I don't know how you guys pulled off the roundabouts, but like, I think that's coming to Iowa someday. And, uh, but uh, if we're stuck there and they're not going, I just now have this great tool. I'll just beep, beep. <laughs> and they look up and they're not mad. They're just like, oh, it's him. It's like, and then they get going. And I just found myself kind of inspired by that spiritually. Like what if for all of our lives, there was something in our lives right now where you could actually use a beep, beep. Like what if there was something that you are needing God to just whisper through the power of its Holy Spirit today? Beep, beep. Like the light has turned green. Like, you've been at the stop sign for far too long. It's time to get moving. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this incredible letter to a church in Rome, and it's called Romans. And in this letter, he pens chapter 13, which to me feels like I know he's not on a moped, and I know he's not actually beep beeping us, but it feels like he's encouraging us to get going. Here's his words in chapter 13. It's in the message version. It's the paraphrase version that make words sometimes like pop off the page to me. And so I just love the verbiage here. He says, make sure that you don't get absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and you doze off. Like you might just need a beep beep to get you going again, is what I think he's saying here. And you become oblivious to God. Now this last week, again, it's not in your notes because there was just this switch. I was like, man, I think today would maybe be a... A greater blessing to talk to you about the beep beep. So I actually thought about this. How do you know when you're oblivious to God? Like what would be indicators that would kind of lend itself to going, you're, you're at the stop sign for too long. Like it's, it's time to get going. And so I just found them from my own life when sin doesn't make your heart sad anymore. It's an indicator for me. If I'm able to participate in some things that don't even make my heart ring, then I become a little oblivious to God. Maybe that's you. It's for sure me. That's a, that's a, that's a ping for me that kind of lets me know that this is happening. Another one for me is prayer has become my last resort, not my first response. I just go, oh, there's something going on here that my default isn't prayer. My default is figure it out, you know, pull up the bootstraps, 
You're not from Iowa. We're from rural. We get the job done on our own and we're going to figure this out. Or even there's a lack of generosity. My words, I'm just, I'm fast with, with my language or there's a lack of generosity with, you know, my time or my resources. But Paul goes on and it's like, no, I got some more beep beeps for you. So don't just stop there. I got some more. And he says this, the night's about over. Dawn's about to break. Would you be up and would you be awake to what God is doing? He's putting, I love this language, he's putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. Beep, beep. You know, you must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity or indulgence and sleeping around, dissipation, bickering, or grabbing everything in sight, which is a temptation. It is. It's like I could busy myself to death and not take ground spiritually. And then I think it rounds it out by saying, so would you get out of bed? Beep, beep, would you get dressed? Don't, lo- don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Would you dress yourself in Christ Jesus and be up and about? I think Paul's message to me, and maybe just to all of us, is is there some area in your life where you need to beep, beep? Have you been at a stop sign spiritually? A red light? I don't know if you can stop that long on a roundabout in Delano, but you get the idea. Is it time to get moving? All throughout the New Testament, I got a chance to just thumb through it this week and be amazed again how Jesus beep beeps us. And I know he's not on a moped doing it, but I think there's this calling that he wants to put in each of our lives to keep moving forward. To have the best fall of our lives ever is going to take the best fall of our lives ever, spiritually. So we find this with the Apostle Paul. I'm just going to give you an overview of the New Testament. All these little beep beeps. The Apostle Paul was known as Saul, and then he had this moment with Jesus, you know, and and it's just a miracle story where Jesus speaks to him. He says, why are you persecuting me? I want you to be my chosen instrument, and he changes his name, Saul to Paul. It was this beep beep moment. I know you think you're this way, but I want to take you a different direction. You know, you thumb backwards a little bit to Mark and you find Matthew. And you have Matthew who is known as Levi. And I just picture this. Matthew was in the mundane of his life. Like pretty settled in. Like he had a career, he had his nine to five, maybe even longer than that. He was doing his business and he got the beep beep. Hey, Matthew, would you follow me? Hey, Levi, would you, would you leave your past and would you come be a part of me? Actually, the calling on his life is healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Would you come, would you give up the mundane for something miraculous? Now, I want to do this in your life. You have Peter and Andrew, these brothers. You have James and John. And they have family and they have these careers. They're fishermen and Jesus invites them. Hey, ditch the nets, follow me, and would you become fishers of men? changes their identity, gives them a purpose in their life. It was a beep beep to them. There's this beautiful story in John chapter 8 of this woman. If you've grown up in church, you've heard this. And maybe if you're newer to the Highlands, you haven't. But in John chapter 8, there's this woman caught in sin. And she's actually drug out in front of these religious leaders. And their job at the time was to like make sure if you do this, there's a consequence. And for the act of sin that she was caught in, it was to stone her to death. It's what they thought was right. And, but Jesus meets her in the darkest moment of her life. She's caught, embarrassed. You can almost imagine this woman kind of shame-filled, you know, hands over her heads, knowing, you know, just this horrible experience is about to happen. And Jesus calls out to them, you know, you who have not sinned, why don't you throw the first stone? 
And what she hears is thump, 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 not at her. They drop their stones. And Jesus, in that moment, beep, beeps her. He says, why don't you get up now and go and sin no more? And there's been so many times where I've read that and I go, oh, I needed that beep for my life. I needed to be reminded that my best days are in front of me, that I can turn from my past and get moving in my future. You have Peter who denies Jesus and Jesus reinstates him and he's this mess up now with a message and he's called to go and feed the sheep. It's this beep, beep in Peter's life. Then you have the disciples and they're all like gathered around. It's like this room. He's like, you're the light of the world. You got something special in you, Highlands. Go and let your light shine. You're sent to love. Like, this is who you are. It was a beep, beep for them. And then the, the apostles, they were called by Jesus to be sent out. And in Acts chapter 1, one of the most famous verses in the New Testament is where Jesus says, hey, I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to go out and share the message everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. I laughed about this in first service. I, was like, I don't know the cities well enough up here in Minnesota. It's like, you're in uh, Delano. How about Wyzetta? I don't know this way. I, and somebody was like, don't, don't worry about to the you know, west or South Dakota. So I like, don't worry about this. And I was like, okay. So you guys have strong feelings about that. Like, and I just cracked up. But here's how the story goes. Jesus beep, beeps them. And he's like, it's time for you to get moving. And then he ascends to heaven. And so he goes up, and I kind of envision it. He's like, you know, flies like, see you later, everybody. And so he's going up, and these guys are just like, no, you would have too. You would have been like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what's happening in the scripture. And you actually read it where Jesus is meeting up with some of the angels, and they're talking. I think they're like, killer speech, man. Like, that is the way to do it. And some of the guys, they go, wait, look at them. They're just looking up to heaven. And she's like, you too. Go down and you tell him, get moving. And he beep, beeps him. And here's what the scripture says. It says, men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken up from you to heaven, but someday he'll return from heaven in the same way you saw him, to, saw him go. I put it this way. I said, just don't stand and stare. Beep, beep, you've been called to go and share. And it was just over and over and over again. Story after story. The New Testament lends itself to Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, just begging us, you've been at the stoplight for too long. It's time to go. It's time to move forward. It's time to just see if there's something in your life spiritually. That's time to take off. So with the rest of our time, I just thought maybe today I could just be as vulnerable as I could with you and just share over the last few years, what have they been for me? At the stoplights of my life or at the stop signs, you know, where have I been beep beeped? Many times, just so you know, it's been through your pastor, Pastor Paul. He's helped beep beep me. He's, he's helped my heart get closer to God. And it's in those moments where I go, oh, God, I, I hear you. So for me, you're going to pray and you'll be able to discern. God, is there anything in my life right now that I need? A beep beep. These are mine. They might be yours. But we'll just ask God if he would speak something fresh to your spirit today. One of mine is this, that it's time to make prayer your first response, not your last resort. It's what I needed. Like I remember starting City Point and church planning's hard. I mean, we set up and tear down in a school still. It's like, Highlands, you got one up on us big time. What an incredible facility. 
But I remember these, these early days of like, we got to get it all done. And it's all this. And we should have prioritized prayer. And yet we were just getting stuff done. And there was a switch. I forget if it was year four or five that we decided, decided we got to make a gigantic emphasis on prayer. 21 days of prayer in January, 21 days of prayer in August. Prayer's got to be our first response, not our last resort. And it mattered. It actually changed the culture of our church. I actually handed out these cards. They say simply this, pray first. It's been a rally cry of our church for the last few years. And I got a text message from one of the business guys at our church. He travels, you know, sells things, and then he has a home office. And he sent me a text message with this picture of this card. Nothing about the card. Who cares about that? But it's now been a reminder in his life. Before he goes into a heavy meeting, you know, big decisions that he needs to make. Every once in a while, he'll text me saying, hey, PT, I'm still doing it. Before I step in, I'm praying first. God, would you give me wisdom for this meeting? God, would you help me, you know, use discernment in the, the big decisions that we have to make? He said it's been a game changer for his life. Pray first, not last resort. And a verse that we hold on to, you know these verses, don't worry about anything in Philippians 4, 6, it says, but pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank him for what he's done. It's like on the way to school, pray about everything. Pray over your kids and your teachers and your administrators. You know, during the middle of your day, God, I'm praying that you'd give me discernment for the rest of the day. God, help me to use my time wisely. It matters. And I've just learned this. And again, it's probably a lesson that Pastor Paul taught me. But if you make it as personal as possible, prayer will be something you enjoy more. Like if it becomes personal, like the desperate cry of your heart is to pray over your kids, your family, your spouse, your future, you'll want to do it if you make it personal. There's a young girl in our church, she's in our middle school, and talking with Brody this morning, what God is doing through the middle school and high school students here at Highland is unbelievable. But I get to pray for our students, and one of our girls' name is Natalia. Her mom has breast cancer, and her dad's an alcoholic. And during one of the 21 days of prayer, she goes, just pray for my home. And nothing will fuel your prayer life when it becomes as personal as that. So prayer, it just became a first response, not a last resort. And I just wonder if it's time. That's just something for me. Another one for me. And I'll just give you three today of mine. And we'll just see if God uses that in your life. Or maybe, just maybe, if he stirs something new. Like it's red light, it's time to go. The second one is it's time to rethink what I allow to enter my mind and my body. You know, prayer, it connects you with God. And this statement alone is kind of like a fasting one. It's if prayer connects us with God, fasting disconnects us from the world and it allows you to have these moments where you can feel God speaking to you. You know, so is there music? Are there movies? Is there thoughts? Are there words that you're going, I need to rethink what I allow to come in. Another way of saying it, it's time to purify the stream. Like everything that's coming in, is it good for me or not? And I want to have God be the primary source coming into my life. I'll never forget, Carrie and I, we went to a movie in, uh, in Washington, 
And uh, movies alone, you're like, if we're like, hey, let's go to the movies, it's like, all right, we got to get ready for 25 bucks just to go to, you know, like, and if you want popcorn, it's another 50. It's like, it's like a lot of money to go to the movies. And so we go to this movie and we're sitting in there and I'm already a little frustrated because it costs so much, you know, and we sit down and within the first five minutes, Carrie's like, we're leaving. And there was, there was just something, you know, pretty inappropriate on the screen. I'm like, no, we are not. Like, they have my mortgage. She's like, I cannot leave. And, uh, and she's like, I'm out of here. And she actually just stood up and started leaving. And I was like, well, yes, I am. I'm leaving right now too. So I left with her, but it was kind of that reminder, we don't have to let everything come in. And sometimes what we're letting come in is pretty destructive for our hearts and our souls. Here's what the Apostle Paul says one chapter earlier in Romans 12. He says, I just plead with you. Would you give your bodies to God? Because of all he's done for you, would you let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he'll find acceptable? He says, this is truly the way to worship him. He says, I plead with you, kind of beep, beep. I'm begging you to do this. Give your whole bodies to God because all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and purpose. One last thought on this. At times in my life, I've tried to remind myself, what would my future self thank me for? You know, six months down the road, if there was something that I was participating in that I said, oh, no, no, that doesn't need to be there anymore. What would my wife thank me for? Like, the new you looks better on you. It's time to purify that. Anything in your life. Last one is this, that it's time to make a difference in the lives of others. And this is a purpose for our lives. Like, it's time. And this was for me. It's like, there's, there's people who need, because of what God's gifted you, there's people who need to be impacted by you through, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through your life. This is purpose. It's why we exist. And I think there's no greater place to do this than the local church. No greater place than to live out the mission and the vision to be sent with love, to make a difference in the lives of others. My brother's here today. He lives in Lakeville, Minnesota, which somebody else in first service said, that's not Minnesota, that's northern Iowa, down in Lakeville. And so I was like, you guys are tough here. You just are tough. And um, it's an honor to be able to, you know, hang out with my brother as well this weekend because he's somebody who lives this out, makes a difference. Uh, there's, he helped us start City Point Church when we first, you know, got it up and going. And there was this young man named Levi. And Levi would come in every week on two crutches, couldn't understand what he would say. Um, he had some special needs. And it was my brother who modeled this make a difference like I've never seen before in my life. He would spend every Tuesday with Levi. He'd go to his place, and every once in a while, Ryan would take him to his house, and he would actually carry him up the stairs if they were going to watch a movie upstairs or take him out to pizza. And, and I just found myself being in awe of this character of somebody I love so much modeling what it's like to love people so well. Like, it's, it's a sign that you're paying attention to God's Holy Spirit when you're making a difference in the lives of others. Last verse I'll share in Ephesians chapter 2 is, For we are God's workmanship. He created us in Christ Jesus, listen to this, to do good works. Maybe the greatest beep beep in our life is when we're sitting at the stop sign or the stoplight and God goes, I called you to something greater. Like, I've invited you to do some things for me, to work out your salvation, to be a light to the world around you. God prepared these in advance for us to do. Um, 
I want to pray, and then we're going to sing a song. But before I do, um, one of the meetings that we had as pastors gathered up here in Minneapolis when I was getting to know Paul the first times was with another leader who was pouring in the lives of us. His name was Scott Rydow. He was the president of Converge, the churches that we're a part of. And Scott made it clear about these beep beeps, about these, it's time for some things. And he said, now is always the right time to give your life to Christ. So just maybe today, in a second we'll pray, but maybe today there's the Holy Spirit, you know, nudging your heart moving forward. But for others of us, we come in here and the very nudge that God's been nudging you is you didn't come here just to hear a message on your spiritual life needing to grow, to accelerate, it's maybe needing to start today. So let's pray, and then we'll let the Holy Spirit, through song and worship, be the thing that draws us closer to him. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this church. God, I, I am so grateful to be able to share your word with an incredible church. People that I just see. You know, friends who are wanting to chase more after you. So God, would you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us? Would you prompt our lives? Would the beep beeps from you be a reminder in our lives that you care for us, you have good things for us, you have plans that you prepared in advance for us to do? And God, for those of us who are here who need to take a spiritual step of faith and give our lives to you right now, God, would you help us do that? Would you help the words of our heart be, God, I need you today. I give you my life. It's yours now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand up and sing with us? I had a